It's time to know your soul. Are you seeking the you within? Has people pleasing stressed you out? It's time to find your light so you can share your entrepreneurial gifts with the world. Well, Red Rover on over. But the only thing you're breaking through is yourself. This is Soul Amplified. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to the Soul Amplified podcast. I'm Vanessa Grace, your host. You are entering a three-part series right or a four-part series right now, but we are on the third episode. We are talking about the menstrual cycle, why it is so important to understand and giving you a lot of information. And so if you um, just want to jump in here at phase three, that's cool. But if you want to go back a couple weeks, um, you can listen to the episodes on the follicular phase and the ovulation phase because today we are going into the luteal phase. <sighs> so the luteal phase is actually pretty cool, but it also gets a bad rap. And it gets a bad rap because the luteal phase is when most women are going to experience PMS. And the luteal phase is also when we start to have a reduction in energy naturally as part of our cycle. And society doesn't really want us to do that because we're a masculine-driven society that wants us to be the same every day. And women aren't. Women are different at every single phase in their cycle because, or every single day within their cycle, because we have different hormones um, every single day of our cycle, and they change week by week. So the four phases of the cycle are the follicular, ovulation, luteal, and then menstruation, or your period. And I want to point out again, and I'm putting this out at the beginning of every um, episode for this series, that medicine and the world of doctors call the first day of your period the beginning of your menstrual cycle um, or your entire menstruation experience because that was their perception at the time, but it's actually not the beginning of the experience of the egg which is what we're following. And so I'm going to read to you a passage from the book In the Flow by Elisa Vitti, which is in the show notes, and she has lots of great things to share with you. And I have learned many, many wonderful things from her. So the follicular phase, which begins after your period is done, is actually when the experience of a new egg starts. And that's actually when your experience as a woman um, kind of starts again and begins anew. And so it makes more sense to follow that. So here is her quote. Your bleed as day one is a medical reference that emerged from a time when only men were allowed to practice medicine. It's not the beginning for anyone who bleeds and who lives the experience. Your bleed is the culmination of your hormonal cycle, not the beginning. The only reason the start of the bleed has been referenced as day one of your cycle is that it was assumed that the bleeding phase is the only one you would notice or track and thereby make it easier for the doctors to reference. And so I just want to point out that if you know about your menstrual cycle already or track your temperature every morning, which is called basal body temperature or a BBT chart or have done any of that stuff, me talking about the luteal phase being 
the third phase of the cycle may not make any sense because the medical model will call it the fourth phase. So just know that I'm bumping it forward a little bit. So in the luteal phase, what is happening? First of all, this phase lasts 10 to 14 days. And in an individual woman, this phase will last the same amount of time every cycle. So every time that you're going to have a period, just before your period is the luteal phase. And the luteal phase will happen for the same number of days. And this is important, and I'll tell you why later. So what's just happened before the luteal phase is that the egg has released. It's either been fertilized or not, and it's been coming down that fallopian tube and getting ready to nestle into the endometrium, which is the lining of the uterus that has been getting thicker. So the egg is now in the luteal phase and hanging out in the endometrium, snuggling in there. And the uterus is thick with a lot of C's at the end, like thick, 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 super thick. Um, the corpus luteum, which is, so the egg releases last, in the last phase, it releases and then it, it has a little um, thing with it around it that when it bursts out of that, it's called the corpus luteum and that stays behind in the ovary and that at the end of, you know, the egg coming out, that corpus luteum stays behind in the ovary and produces progesterone. And so progesterone um, does a lot of cool things, but one of the things that it does, it and it's the main hormone for the luteal phase, is that it also increases our metabolism, which is why we want to eat so much during the luteal phase why there's more snacks. It's because we're burning through our energy faster. So you don't have to beat yourself up for eating more. It's actually just the higher progesterone. So that's what's happening with the corpus luteum. And things happen to the corpus luteum at the end of the luteal phase that we'll come back to and talk about in a second. So the luteal phase's theme is waning energy. Energy is starting to um, come off of the high of the ovulation phase, and now it's beginning to come down a little bit. And because we live in a driven society, we don't want to slow down. We want to be able to keep going. And so sometimes we don't listen to ourselves and we keep pushing. But the natural rhythm of your biology is to actually begin to slow down at the luteal phase. And you're not at your slowest, that's the next phase, but you're you're diminishing a little bit. And not diminishing importance, just diminishing an outward focused energy. So great things to do during this phase are to kind of like doing some editing in your life, maybe edit in your calendar how much you're going to go be seeing people because you're not as social. You, you know, at the beginning of the luteal phase, you might be more social, but by the end of the luteal phase, you're not because for some people, the lunar phase is a couple weeks long, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, and so the beginning of the luteal phase is going to be more like the high energy of ovulation and the end of the luteal phase is going to be more low energy like the beginning of your period. And so you want to clear things out. The themes are like editing, breaking habits, letting people go, tie up loose ends, finish those projects. So you're beginning 
to turn inward. So it's like tie up loose ends and make your plan for the next phase where you're going to want to be turned more inward. So do the prep work now to prepare for that, but also um, like clean up your desk before the end of the workday kind of idea. You're still, um, and, and because of that turning inward, you're turning into the feminine energy inside of you where you, um, you want to be more in flow because you're not as driven. You might, uh, be more curious about random things and you just want to like follow your heart and maybe you're more inquisitive about yourself and that's not turned up to 11 yet, but it's beginning. And the interesting thing that happens during the Ludal phase is that your tolerance and patience for things that might bother you is actually lower. And there's chemical reasons for this that, of course, I haven't learned that part of it enough to really be able to explain it to you hormonally and chemically, but it, but it's happening. And again, it's in the Elisa Vitti book in the flow that's in the show notes. So you're just more aware of things that bother you at this phase. And so that's why you're maybe more snippy with people or your intuition is higher or your boundaries are getting, you know, rubbed more and you maybe people are calling you bitchy, but you're noticing things in your life that bother you. And this is a time to begin to have heightened awareness of that and note what's happening so that if you need to make changes in your life, you can. And so you should be tracking what's bothering you during your Ludal phase because it's information about how to align with what is your inner truth. And this is a gift that most women do not recognize as part of their feminine cycle. They consider the Ludal phase, you know, the, the week before your period to potentially be really problematic. They have a lot of PMS symptoms. Maybe not everybody. I know not everyone has a hard time the week before. And not everyone has PMS symptoms, and that's wonderful. But for those that do, or for those that get irritable, there's a legit reason why it's happening. Your intuitive women's wisdom is trying to tell you, this is bothering you, and you might want to do something about it now, because we're telling you this is shit. Please take care of it. You're ignoring it the rest of the time because you're just trying to be out there having fun or be productive or just, you know, surviving your life. But this part actually has to change. And so the gift of being in the feminine in this part of your cycle is that it lets you know what's your inner truth. And I think that that gets missed a lot. So in in kind of in the same mystic theme, I'm going to talk about the, the moon and the seasons. So the moon phase associated with the lutal phase is the waning moon. And that means that there is less and less light illuminating on the face of the moon. And so just like our energy is diminishing and we're turning more inwards, um, the light on the moon is also turning more inwards and getting darker and darker. And then this is also associated with the season of fall. So things start to slow down in nature and 
the the trees are losing their leaves everyone is beginning to figure out what to do for the winter you know in terms of the animal kingdom and the earth is turning and preparing its bed for a little rest and like i said that's what we need to be doing as women tying up loose ends preparing what we want to have for our rest when we're having our period and so there's a lot of things that are happening in this phase that often get ignored um, but it is some deep wisdom to allow this complex being that is a woman a way to process her emotions and a way to experience um, her inner self fully so that she herself doesn't get ignored which i think is of course a long-standing problem with many women but especially if you're listening to this podcast because that likely means that you have some tendency towards people pleasing or enabling or codependency and all of those um, tendencies need more self-care so a few more things to say what is happening with the hormones so i've already said that progesterone is the main hormone and it's a feeder but know that your estrogen is still pretty high during this time and actually your estrogen is higher right now than it is during the follicular phase but the estrogen is still lower than the progesterone um but that increased estrogen is still um adding to the uterine lining called the endometrium so the uterine lining is actually still thickening it's been thickening through the follicular phase and the ovulation phase and it's still adding during the luteal phase it's like thick 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 right so at the end of the luteal phase the corpus luteum that thing that's produce producing the progesterone that um is doing a lot of really important things that i can't remember all of them right now because they're very sciencey but they're all very very important and it's doing all of those things and then at the end of the luteal phase when the egg has not been fertilized the corpus luteum is like reabsorbed magically into the body which i don't really understand how that happens yet but i'm curious and because when that gets reabsorbed that is when the end of the progesterone happens so at the very end of the luteal phase and then there's no more progesterone happening when the corpus luteum goes away and so that's what then triggers your period to start and it sheds the endometrium lining and the egg that your body has been building up this entire time and so lots and lots of things are happening again in this cycle or this phase of the cycle um because hormones and all of these hormones are really 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 important now what i have learned is that pms is happening in some people in this phase with all of these problems because the the estrogen levels are too high in comparison to progesterone and this is also a reminder to anyone who thinks that pms symptoms 
are just what you have to deal with and there's no solution and there's nothing that can be done and you just have to deal with it. This is just what happens before your period. That is actually not the case. There are solutions to it. There are solutions to having period problems and premenstrual um, symptoms that don't have anything to do with going on the pill. There's other things that you can do, but it's just that the medical community focuses on utilizing the pill as the solution. There are other things that you can do, and that's part of what I'm going to talk about in the retreat that I'm having, the Women's Secret Guidebook to Life, Her Menstrual Cycle. Um, we're going to go into some of the things that you can do to help even out everything um, so that you're not having PMS symptoms and that you're living in tune with with your body more. And I'm also going to, I'm sighing because it's just so much, right? There's just so much happening with PMS symptoms. I'm also going to read a section, you know, just skim a section from Elisa Vitti's book on some myths about um, periods. One is that PMS is just part of having a period, which I just told you. And that another myth is that cramps are unavoidable. And that myth three is that being on the pill helps you regulate your period. What actually happens is that it does stuff to your hormones so that you're actually not releasing an egg. And a lot of the hormones that are supposed to be up and down and all over the place um, on this graph chart, if you look at the hormonal cycle of a woman, there's all of these um, hormones that will go up and down throughout the cycle. And it's really important that they happen like that for all of our health. And the the pill, actually, the, the common pill stops them from happening like that. And it makes it look like you're having a regular period every month. But really, any hormonal issues that you have are still like happening underneath. And then myth number four is that you don't need to have a period when in fact you do. And myth number five is if you have a bad period, there's not much you can do. And I would really recommend if this kind of stuff intrigues you, you, you do need to get Elisa Vitti's book. And at the retreat, I'm going to share a lot of books that I have about periods and femininity and, and all the things. Because I probably have like 10 or 15 books at this point about all of this stuff. Um, and then the In the Flow book will, of course, be in the show notes. But let's go back to PMS and the estrogen that is too high in relation to the test, or sorry, the progesterone, and that's what's causing PMS symptoms, wow, during the luteal phase. So when your body is done using estrogen, it leaves your body through your bowels, and one of the organs that helps to make that happen is actually your liver. And your liver is processing all of your toxins. And so if you eat um, a lot of foods that are processed, basically the standard American diet, or if you're eating foods that have pesticides on them because you're not eating organic, your liver is processing all of that. There's also um, different chemical compounds and different body products that are shown to be similar to estrogen. I can't remember what they're called. They're like phytoestrogens or something like that. 
don't quote me on what they're called, but they're in body products like um, lotions and body scrubs and all sorts of things. And it's not just the things that mimic estrogen. There's other stuff too, but our liver is processing all of that. And so um, if the liver can't process all of that, it runs around in our body. And then also if we are constipated or aren't going number two regularly enough, then it's just sitting in our colon and the estrogen that needs to leave our body is just sitting in our colon and sometimes gets reabsorbed into our bloodstream. And so if we're not going to the bathroom regularly, going poop regularly, then the estrogen that we have isn't leaving our body. And so that can create um, a situation where the estrogen in our body is too high and that could be part of why PMS subsists symptoms. I cannot say the word symptoms someday. <laughs> today for some reason. Um, anyway, so, and that's just one component of what's happening that could be contributing to an excess level of estrogen in your body. There is so much more information that I could share with you about that, again, from an Elisa Vitti book that I've been reading and that I'm implementing some of those things with myself to reduce my estrogen levels. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of options that you have. It's just that when you go to your regular doctor, they're not talking about those. And so let's start talking about these other options, right? Um, I'm just looking at my notes really quick to make sure that I go over everything because the luteal phase has so much going on in it. I have the most notes on the luteal phase compared to all the other phases even though I consider the ovulation phase like the big deal and everyone thinks the menstrual phase is the big deal because you're bleeding, like I had the most notes on the luteal phase. So there you go. So, okay. Also, if you're, this goes back to um, what I was saying about how long the luteal phase is and that an individual woman's luteal phase is going to be the same every single cycle give or take a day on either side. So if your period is late, then what may have actually happened is that you may have actually ovulated late. Just because your period's late, it doesn't mean you're pregnant. It could mean that you ovulated later than normal. Now, most women have a time frame that they ovulate in, but if a stressful thing happens around the time that you're going to ovulate, it can delay your ovulation. So that's a great thing about being able to track when you ovulate so that if you are late on your period, but you know that you ovulated late, you're like, well, it doesn't really matter. So you actually count from the day that you ovulated, you know, forward a certain amount of days, however long your luteal phase normally is. And then the next day is when your period is going to start. And that is the beauty of doing the basal body temperature chart and knowing about cervical mucus that I talked about in last week's episode um, so that you can know when you ovulate to be empowered about all sorts of different things about your life. And we're, of course, going to talk about the basal body temperature and how to figure out when you ovulate at the retreat. That's going to be one of the things that I share with you. And so... Um, 
again, the retreat is in the show notes. So I think that's everything I was going to say. And if it wasn't, I am so very, very sorry. But you are amazing and you are wonderful. And I'm so glad that you are listening to this episode and learning more about your menstrual cycle and how to, to empower yourself as a woman. My dear, go be amazing. Thanks for tuning in, Soul Sister. Do you want to hear from me more? Sign up for my Transforming Your Codependency text messages straight to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for inspiration and education. To sign up, text PEACE to 877-338-0875. To spread this message far and wide, screenshot listening to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me. I love hearing how you're growing. Get amplified.